right, everyone, welcome to the show, Tennessee Wildcast, the weekly show podcast of the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. I'm Doug Markham. Jason Harmon's here. We'll introduce our guest in a minute. You waterfowlers going to love it. We're going to cover a lot of waterfowl today as the season gets ready to roll. We've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, too. And as always, even if you're not into waterfowling, I think you'll always like what you hear on there, learning from the biologists and the officers and many other folks we talk to because it's just so interesting about what goes on across our state with wildlife. And we'll be discussing that today. But first, Jason, before we get there, you've got some information that Lynn Barrett gave you. If you haven't seen the show that we did with Lynn Barrett out of our geographic information system, you really ought to watch it. If you go to any of our WMAs, it will teach you a lot about how to get on there and, and, and find where you're going and where you've been and, and uh, get back to to where you did well so she just did a terrific job with it yes she was on here a couple of weeks ago and we uh we hit maps heavy and, and it's still out there to watch but uh she brought me a new feature yesterday said the hunters are going to love it okay so, well, show it to us let me switch to the screen y'all watching at home can see this if you scroll up and then click the same place where she said to go check out our maps right there under maps wildlife management areas you click that and that map that stays out there all the time yeah. it's too important mm-hmm. that's going to bring up our map and uh if you'll watch as it loads here, you're going to see these little arrows pop up. And it may take a minute here. But I'll zoom in. We're in the Nashville area today. And, oh, they see all those arrows popping up there. You've got one right next to Nashville. says 13 there. And you got one over here. Uh, where'd the other one go to? Up there. I see one that says 15, yeah, South 17, Nashville. 15. Mm-hmm. Okay, say, let's click the one up here. It says 15. They're going to move around on me. Up here north of Gallatin. Let's click that arrow. And what that's going to tell you is the temperature, the wind speed, all kinds of good details that's happening in that area. So, look, you got temperatures 42 degrees right now uh, in Nashville or north of Nashville area. The humidity, the wind chill, and uh, and the miles, not the miles per hour, but the kilometers per hour of the wind speeds. And y'all do the math, it's going to be a little bit slower than that in, in miles per hour. But all that great information is now on our maps yeah along with so many more things that tell you how to get there and give you your coordinates your gps coordinates it's just a terrific uh interactive map that's getting better all along thanks to folks like lynn and tracy porter and others down in our gis folks they, yep. they, they do a lot of hard work so uh, you, to try to keep this up you see you got a lot of choices across through there different arrows you can click so you can kind of check the wind speeds and temperatures in different areas of the state okay and just keep watching that map it'll get better and better and all our maps are out there you can print them if you didn't see lynn's show one thing she told you is it's easy to print them out on at home mm-hmm. a lot of folks will want to know why we don't have the maps anymore and we still got some old line drawing black and white maps but they aren't worth anything compared to what you can do here and run off right there right at your house uh what else do we want something else we wanted to show them i thought oh yeah we're going to show uh, twra tv i don't know if y'all have been watching uh, watching the show there or not but uh twra tv is uh, a new platform we have out there and i'll get to the right thing so y'all can see it um platform kind of like youtube kind of like netflix it's kind of a mix but uh, you can watch for free or you can become a member and get some other features and get some other uh, benefits from doing that yeah they have something called a pro shop but but you if you want to go in and just watch these shows or other shows that they're picking up all the time tennessee mm-hmm. uncharted they're out there the show you can see that we did a few weeks ago on the tennessee tucker book and of course we did one the other day again with dale a second show with dale grandstaff that's out there this week uh dale's fun to talk to and he was he discussed the sheds shed hunting this time of year or, or it's about to start and how he, he likes to do that in addition to hunting right and it's a lot of fun to listen to him talk about it but the tennessee tucker bucks out there and look at all the stuff that that they've picked up now yeah a lot of stuff um and on, on our page you can watch 
all our videos out there, all our wildcasts and any other uh, videos. Uh, Barry Cross has been producing a lot of stuff out of Man, Region 2. Barry and, puts it out there, doesn't he? And he started putting his stuff in, in our uh, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency playlist on TWRA TV. Yeah. If you want to know what's going on with your, your fish and wildlife across the state, uh, you can learn a lot by going out here in our Facebook, too. We put a lot out on our Facebook. All right. Let's get to our guest, unless you got something else. No. Did you have a good, good Thanksgiving? I did. Good. I'm full of turkey. Full of turkey. All right. Well, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving as we get ready for Christmas. And I hope a lot of you had a good first weekend of the opening of the waterfowl season in what we call the remainder of the state. Our guest is Jamie Federson today. Um, and Jamie is See our... See what you did there, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jamie is our... He is the program leader for our waterfowl program across Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. And Jamie, welcome to Tennessee, by the way. Hey, thank you. Where'd Thanks, you guys. come from? Uh, I came to Tennessee from Florida. I had uh, spent uh, about 15 years in Florida as a waterfowl biologist. The uh, last couple of years there, I was their statewide uh, waterfowl coordinator. Um, I was in charge of uh, waterfowl, small game, and fur bearers for for the entire state but yeah the, the previous 13 years prior to that i was like straight waterfowl biologist out banding ducks and you know working with landowners on how to um, uh, enhance wetlands on their property for for waterfowl stuff like that and 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 you know it was it was it was fun it was good i enjoyed my time in florida but boy i'm i'm really excited about being in tennessee and looking forward to diving in and Learning all about Tennessee and 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 moving us forward in the right direction. When, when did you start for us? Uh, right at the end of June uh, okay. this past year. So, so this is your first waterfowl season for it, us. Yeah, obviously. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I'm I'm not too far. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not too far off of of knowing what's going on in Tennessee. I, I spent about three years in Southern Illinois, where I went to grad school at Southern Illinois University. So. Um, I, I'm familiar with timing of migration and, you know, the types of uh, birds that we get here and all that stuff. So okay. so, so I do have a little bit of experience in, in the Midwest. No doubt. And, but just out of curiosity, what birds, what are common ducks down in Florida? Yeah, um, it, yeah it's, a lot, it's a lot different than what we get here. You know, certainly around in Tennessee, uh, the greenhead mallard is the big duck uh, mm -hmm. that everybody likes. And and we just didn't get them down there. Uh, they just did not migrate down that far. That far? Yeah, the 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 big ducks down there well when i say big it's relative uh they are number one and number two in the bag was always uh ring neck duck and, and blue wing teal so uh, while hunting was very very good down there uh we'd get a lot of different species we just wouldn't get a lot of big ducks and just a very different bag than what you would get in 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 tennessee what flyway would where you were being considered which one uh florida's in the atlantic flyway okay yeah all right so now you're in the mississippi flyway correct but even in the atlantic flyway you were meeting with people from up north Is oh that yeah correct? yeah and yeah where the ducks come down yeah the, yeah the process was all the same uh you know each flyway it, it runs states north to south and and it, it, for those who aren't familiar with the flyway system you know that's a collective of waterfowl biologists and administrators uh up and down these administrative flyways which really follow sort of the course of the natural migration flyways for these ducks so mississippi flyway is going to include states from the northern midwest like michigan minnesota you know you come down ohio illinois all, all those states that are sort of along the mississippi river all of the state biologists get to get together a couple times a year and and we talk about uh, waterfowl management issues population issues habitat stuff uh, we um, 
we put together recommendations based on information that we get from, say, the federal government and other states. You know, they collect population data. Uh, they do surveys up in northern Canada counting the number of ducks and things like that. And so we take that information and harvest information, and it's really the states that sort of get together and say, well, this is what we think should happen with uh, the, the duck seasons. You know, there's enough ducks. We should have a 60-day season. We should have, you know, six birds in the bag. And the states uh, put this recommendation to the, to, the, to the Fish and Wildlife Service, and then they take that recommendation into account talk about it then they say okay states you have asked for this this yeah we, we agree with you this is what you should be you know having with your with your duck season so it's really a neat um uh it's really a, a, a neat process where the states really do get to say what happens or what they want with this resource you know ducks are an international resource uh, most of them are, are are hatched and raised in Canada. So I mean, we you know this flyway process that I was explaining uh, involves um, uh, representatives from the Canadian provinces, and 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 so it really is this awesome collective of of different folks that get together who all share this resource collectively and making decisions together about what we should do with it and making sure that uh, that that we're doing the right stuff for it, the resource it seems like for a long time now we've had what we call a liberal season and mm-hmm. i can remember the days in tennessee where the duck hunters had 30 days or maybe 45 yeah, yeah. days or they could only they could only bag two or three ducks right now we're at this six duck 60 day and it's been that way for a while what does that tell us Jamie? well it tells us that uh, um we're doing a good job managing ducks um as far as you know those low those years with low um, very restrictive seasons and, and, and low bag limits. We were able to, and, and habitat conditions approved on the breeding grounds, so we were able to grow more ducks. And, and, and because we've been in this liberal process for a while, it's because... Uh, it's because we've had we've been able to do things that that grow duck populations, and so as long as duck populations are high and continue to grow, which they have been. I mean, we're at historic levels. You know, if 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 you hear people talking about the good old days, you know, everybody says, "Oh, man, you know, it, the good old days we had ducks and and everything everywhere." Well, folks, we are in the good old days right now, so we're going to be able to look back and tell our kids and grandkids, "Oh man, remember back in the." The, the 2000s and the 20 teens, those were the good old days because they are right now. Okay. We, we so, are at historic high levels of birds. So, awesome. so we have Tennessee hunting and we'll have days in Tennessee that are just blistering hot. And then um, I'm talking about shooting hot. They'll, they'll yeah. have a great day. And then we might go weeks without mm-hmm. any good hunting. And you'll hear hunters out on one of the WMAs talk about that it's slow right now. Mostly they're just eating breakfast and all that. What happens during those times, Jamie? Where do those ducks go? And and sometimes it leads people to think we don't have many ducks, but that's not the case, right? Right, that's not the case, and it's certainly a lot of it depends on the weather. Um, some of it depends on uh, daylight and things. You know, we have we have species that uh, migrate based solely on the amount of daylight length. So teal are uh, an obvious one. They, they 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 aren't affected a whole lot. They don't move because it's cold. They move because the days are getting shorter, and so. Teal are one of those species that you literally could have, you know, thousands of them on your area one day, and then the next day they're just gone just because they are continuing to migrate south. That's a lot of what happens um, with a lot of other species. Uh, say mallards, you might have a bunch around one day. They might move just simply because maybe everything was, all the food was eaten out, 
at that pond. Or maybe they just, it got a little bit too cold and they decided to go a bit further south. Or it got a little bit warm, so they wanted to move a little bit further north. Mallards are notorious for that. They're definitely moving with the ice lines. As it gets cold, they're going to come further south. As it warms up, they're going to move more north. Well, is it uncommon? Will a duck sometimes move south, move north, and move south again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they, yeah, absolutely. Whatever they got to go, and they can go quick. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we had opening day here in Tennessee. It was just two days mm-hmm. in what we call the remainder of the state. Real Foot, a small zone in the northwest part of the state, had one a few weeks ago. Right. Then we had the remainder of the state, which is everywhere but there this past weekend. Overall, how did these two hunts go early? Yeah, I, I didn't hear much about what happened with the Real Foot opener, um, but, you know, that's a, a lot of tradition and right. uh, things going on there. So uh, I, I think they're just happy to get out and shoot if they can um i would imagine that it was probably it was probably okay you know because real foot's always holding water and that's certainly at this point in the game is is going to be really important but uh from what i've heard over this past weekend uh those areas that had water probably they, they did really well um and it, we, what do and you we, mean in this case by high water? Well, because we've been so dry for so long. You know, we're under this this really big drought that we've been in for a while. Right. You know, haven't gotten a lot of rain since uh, early August, and so we have a lot of areas that might normally have be holding water because of rainfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just dry and they just don't have any water. And so, of course, if you don't have any water, you don't have ducks because you know we all know ducks like water. Right. But uh, so. So those areas that are holding a little bit of water, there's probably your deeper reservoirs or, you know, just some areas that have the ability to pump some water in from somewhere else. Like uh, I know our, our um, Bogota WMA, they have the ability to pump water in it. So, and they have been, so I, th- I think they did pretty well this weekend. But, um, you know, we've got some other areas that we just don't have the ability to do that on our WMAs. Um, and so they just didn't. They just didn't have any successful hunts because there's no birds there. Okay. Uh, Hopefully, rain will get all that yeah. gets everything back in order. Yeah. The, de- the the season re- restarts again on December the third, yep. and it goes deep into January. Yeah, January 29th. January 29th. The bag limit this year is six ducks. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, six birds. Six birds, and a 60 day season. And just in a nutshell, Jamie, why do we have split seasons like we had? That why, why do we do that? What's the purpose of a two days wait a week and start again? Well, you know. You get sort of uh, you you get that one really great weekend. The opening weekend is you know uh, birds are a little bit relaxed. They're calm. They haven't been shot at. They've you know been sitting around for a little while. And you have this opener and everybody shoots and all the birds get kind of wary about what's going on and they like to scatter. And then if you give them a week off, they kind of start relaxing again. And then you open it up a week later and it's sort of this. We call it the second, you know, the the opening day effect. Okay. Uh, you just have a couple of weekends where you just get some, you should have some really good shooting. Hunters just generally be, like this, though. They like that they uh, their choice. Yeah, I think I think for the most part, um, everybody likes most hunters like to have that split and, and like to have the you know um, a group of days, a couple of days, or a group of days where they can shoot birds and then give the birds a little bit of a break and then have that other that opening effect again um, a week or a few weeks later. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's tell them a little bit about what it, what's required to hunt ducks. Because okay. there's somebody out there that's never hunted ducks in Tennessee or maybe never hunted ducks at all, might have a youngster out there watching. Mm-hmm. What can you hunt ducks with? Okay. Well, all right. First of all, you, obviously you need your hunting license. You need your, uh, you need your waterfowl permit. 
you need your migratory bird permit and you need your federal duck stamp. Yeah. Uh, those are the basics to, to be legal to shoot. Um, if you go in a wildlife management area, make sure you got the right permits there right. and yeah. all that stuff is yeah. Brant makes it all easy under our new licensing vendor program, okay? Yeah, so yeah. They, they, have that, they, they have that waterfowl package. Right. You just click that yeah. and you'll have everything that yeah. you need to hunt waterfowl. That's, right. that's a great I, – I love that feature. Okay. Um, so – yeah, uh, hunting ducks. Uh, you need a shotgun. You can't use you can't use a, a rifle or anything like that. Um, th- that's basic federal law. They said nope. You can't use any center fire. You, you, you can't use center fire um, firearms. So you got to use a shotgun, and it can't be any larger than a ten gauge. So you know your your, your grandpa, your great grandpa's eight gauge. You can't use that. <laughs> so, no punt guns. <laughs> right? Yeah, no punt guns. <laughs> you know, you can't fill up a cannon full of you know nuts and bolts or anything like that. You can't do that. That's that's against the law. So uh, basic shotgun. You know. Uh, it doesn't have to be a you know a super you know, high dollar shotgun, just a basic you know pump or break action or something. You know, can't it, that shotgun cannot be capable of holding more than three shells. You can make sure you plug it. Yeah, so it has to have a plug in it. Um, What's the shot size on? Is there a certain shot size for ducks? Well, yeah, I mean that's going to depend on what you're hunting. So you know if you're hunting uh, smaller ducks, like if you're going to go out and target just teal, mm-hmm. which you know in Tennessee you're not going to be doing that. You're going to want to use a uh, smaller pellet size, like a six or a seven. Okay. Uh, sort of your bigger ducks, you want to move up to like fours or twos. You know, and for those who don't know, it's just the smaller the number, the larger the diameter of the pellet that's in the shotgun shell. Uh, you get into geese, you want to use something pretty big like bees or double bees things like that so it just the larger the bird you want a bigger shot size. yeah and i haven't mentioned that jamie this goose season is going yeah. on too right yeah right um so we've got canada geese. can you can shoot canada geese and that overlaps with the uh with the duck season so december 3rd to january 29th but you can also um, hunt uh light geese which are your your blue geese your snow geese your ross's geese and and those are december 3rd but they run until february 11th which would be a whole subject we'll talk about yeah sometime. there's yeah but it, it's, a, it's a bird that really when you think waterfowl season is over not quite are yeah they, are right. they, but i do want to ask are they are those birds those blue geese snow geese are they coming into tennessee yeah we're getting some over in western tennessee um we, we you know we're getting reports uh, more and more every year um that we're getting them and enough that we certainly feel like we can it, um, participate in this this uh, spring conservation season, which you know we we talked about, and I'll be back and we'll talk about talk that about again that sometime. But yeah, and yeah, people travel too. Yeah, to, to right. Do a little bit of hunting. Right. So all right, good deal. Um, also, with with the birds that we're taking, what are the birds in Tennessee that hunters mostly prize? If, which ones? It's going to be the mallard for sure. Greenheads. Uh, yeah, greenhead mallards, um, and you know. Uh, it's really funny. I was uh, talking to a colleague of mine uh, the other day uh, about this, and um, he was telling me about how when he was younger, he's from Tennessee, he was telling me about how when he was younger, he and, his, he and a friend of his went out and shot a bunch of pintails. Well, his dad chastised him because at the time, a pintail was considered a trash duck. Well, they're not so much a trash duck anymore. You know, they're they're um, they're pretty prized, and, and uh, folks look forward to shooting pintails, at least, you know, in my experience, that's been the case. So, um, thing with pintails, though, you limit of two on those 
Uh, so you know, we, we have to be careful. Make sure you look at the guide. Yeah. The guide is full of this information. Certainly check out the guide. guide. Yeah, because even though we have a six bird limit, a daily bag limit of six Good birds, point. some of those species – uh, we've got uh, some restrictions on some species. How like, many you like, can take in right, that bag? Like, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, like mallards, um, the the limit is four. So you can only take four mallards, and only two of can two of which can be hens. Uh, you can take three wood ducks, two redheads, uh, two pintails, three scop. Uh, if you happen to see a black duck, which we do, we get black ducks over in western Tennessee, uh, you can only shoot one of those. And th- that's one of the ones you kind of have to be careful of because they look a lot like a female mallard. So yeah. you kind of have to be careful. I, I really, if you're new to this pursuit, go with somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, if absolutely. You can. There'll be somebody that take you and take you to a, somewhere nice and then they yeah. can explain stuff as yeah. you go. And also, you can't use lead shot, right? Right, correct. That's a, a big one. Um, you know, federal... Uh, federal prohibitions on using lead. They're they're very strict on that. Uh, we're you know, uh, the, our agency. We're very strict on that as well. You can only use well. We commonly called steel shot, but it's non toxic shot because shot. there's other types of, of of materials that they use for this. But uh, most commonly steel shot. Okay. Um, so you you might be rabbit hunting last year. You might yeah. still have a box of your number six lead shot. And you might accidentally put it in your truck. You might accidentally put it in your yeah, shotgun. Be, Don't do that. Yeah, Make sure you check everything. That. Make sure you get some non-toxic shot and take it yeah. with you because uh, that is one that can get you a citation. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. There was a period of time where where they did a lot of study. Maybe he's doing it, I guess, Jamie, on lead. And lead was doing some pretty good damage to ducks that were swimming and yeah. eating and all that stuff. Yeah, right. All yeah, all, the, all of the uh, pellets that were you know landing in the in the marsh areas where the ducks were feeding of course you know when they feed they'll consume little pieces of grit and things like that it helps them grind up the seeds and food and digest and stuff and though they would just eat the the lead shot and they would they would get sick they, you know essentially lead poisoning is what they were okay. what they were contracting and dying of and so that's the yeah. reason and you yeah. got to learn which one goes best it's something i've talked to so many duck hunters through the years that like this kind of non-toxic shot yeah. and this size and this one shoots and they're always looking for the one that's faster and shoots the best it's mm. up to you to go out and experiment oh, with yeah. that and see what, true. You, what you like what about our wildlife management area jamie if you don't have private land out there we have a bunch of wildlife management areas where you can go. How are they looking this year? Yeah, that's a big that's a big question because you're here in Nashville and we got them from east to west Tennessee. Yeah, sure. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, chat with a bunch of the uh, wildlife management area folks earlier this week, and uh, right now things, um, like I think I alluded to earlier, you know, over in western Tennessee, we've got some areas that are 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 they're looking good. Um, if if the area's got water on it. Um, they've got ducks. Uh, a couple of specific areas I know about. Most of the, the WMAs that are around Kentucky Lake, they all have water. So I think they have the ability to pull water off there. They've got water. They've got ducks, and things are going good there. Um, Gooch uh, is an area that's pretty popular with the duck hunters, and there's a couple of different units on there. West Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. Unit A has water, a little bit of water and a few ducks, and it's it's doing pretty well. But Unit E, which is pretty popular with the duck hunters, they're not looking so good. That area is not looking so good with water, not looking so good with ducks. So we're really, really hoping for some more rain um, to help fill up some of these areas and make them better. Uh, Middle Tennessee, Region uh, 2, uh, we've got uh, Cheatham. Uh, Old Hickory, both those areas have water, and, and from what I've heard, both areas are doing pretty well with ducks. Uh, Woods Reservoir down at AEA, 
AEDC. Mm -hmm. uh, they've uh, talked with the biologist down there, Wes Winton, and he said, uh, you know, he, there was uh, some pretty consistent shooting going good on deal. this past yeah. weekend. So they, they're feeling pretty good. They got some ducks. They got some good water. Uh, region three, region four, both not much going on there. Uh, areas are dry. Um, so we've had a lot of fires too, I guess. Yeah, certainly way. over in that in that uh, region four, western, you know, real eastern Tennessee. Um, just real, real dry. Uh, not a whole lot of, of birds going on in much of the areas over there. So um, right now, it looks like your hot spots are going to be middle in, in in western Tennessee. Okay, just hanging there because it's yep. uh, this, the weather changes. It could change all yep. in a few days without any without any problem at all jamie you're new to the position and i know when joe benedict i got him on air when he first started he was you two or three years ago and joe now is is in another position this but you replaced him and my question big question to him is what and it may be too early to ask you this but what is your vision for the waterfowl program in the years ahead at least in the next couple three or is it too early for you to get into that no i i've i've, I've got some things that i'm thinking about uh certainly it's uh building a relationship with uh the the different area managers um trying to work with those folks and 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 figure out what their needs are so you know basically i i, I view myself as um sort of somebody that should be uh, providing technical assistance and helping out those uh, those folks on the ground that are trying to create this habitat and get ducks here. So my vision, you know, my vision for myself is making sure that they realize that I'm here for them, that build a good relation, working relationship with them, uh, trying to do things, find money to help them, you know, expand some of the things that they're doing on their areas, uh, and, and just sort of. Uh, get us working together really well um do um you know i don't think we need to do more in promoting duck hunting mm -hmm. in tennessee i mean i think we're doing a pretty good job tennessee's got a pretty good reputation for 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 duck hunting especially over um in western tennessee but uh you know i, I, I certainly want to um be involved in uh, sort of flyway and national level stuff and, and sort of make get tennessee um, to be a real true leader in waterfowl management um, out not just within the state but you know throughout the the flyway and and, and throughout the country okay so. all right and a little bit of question on food we got a minute or two left sure. in here what we got left jason a couple of three minutes yeah you got about four minutes okay so on food every year we have this we'll, our guys will get out there work their tails off plant corn everywhere and and here comes the flood. Sure. Yeah, it happens almost every year, it seems like. It may not really. And then we have to go in and replace that 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 corn with millet or milo or whatever grows fast enough. All the food good. I mean, is it all going to have its – is there one that's that much better than the other, or are they all good enough for the ducks? Oh, they're all good enough for the ducks, certainly. Uh, corn uh, is, you know, provides some, some pretty decent energy. Um and uh you know the thing about corn is it's 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 cheap and easy to plant uh you, know, you get those millets and milos and things like that there are a lot of natural seeds that, that that can happen you know even if we don't plant something there's this whole suite of, of of plants called moist soil plants that just if 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 you just sort of turn up the ground a little bit you can get things like smart weeds and you can get wild millets to grow and and uh things like um 
beggar ticks and and you can get some uh, nut sedges and stuff. Those are all great foods for ducks. So, yeah, just because we don't get corn to grow and we have to go to millet or milo or something like that, that those are just as good, maybe even better than corn. It just, you know, corn is corn is cheap and easy to, to put in the ground. It has a reputation for And, and, and it has that reputation for somewhere for, out there. Yeah. And it always seems like the guys come around when that – that flood happens, and they always get something in there. And I just, you know, I want folks to know how hard they work out there. Oh, they on do. These WMAs mm-hmm. to try to make sure that there's something planted out there, and it's hard work, and and uh, it's all about yeah. Mother Nature. Some years, absolutely. And 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 having spoken with a lot of those guys who who run those areas, uh, they take a lot of pride in what they do, and and they really do have. Um, the hunter's best interest at heart. Well, not just the hunter, but I mean, they're doing it for the ducks, but the hunters will benefit from it. So they, they really do. Like you said, they put their heart and soul into it and they really take a lot of pride in the work that they do. They do. And, and before we go banding, do we do that anymore in Tennessee? Do we ban ducks or geese at all? In oh yeah, absolutely. We still, uh, in the summertime, we start in June and we go through August and we're banding, uh, Canada geese and we're banding, uh, we're banding wood ducks. Uh, we're also banding doves, morning doves. So so those are the three biggies that we're we're still banding. Yeah, and if absolutely. A, if a hunter gets a band though off of a off of a mallard or off of a pintail, yeah. that's probably been banned. That's done somewhere else. Well, probably. yeah, yeah, um, it, yeah. If it's if it's anything other than a Canada goose or a wood duck, uh, it's been banded somewhere else. But just because you get a, a band on a on a wood duck doesn't necessarily mean it's from Tennessee. So, okay. right. and so, bands in a nutshell, what do bands do for you? What do bands do for you as the biologist yeah. and the hunter? Helps us uh, get some just basic biological data um, and helps us uh, figure out some things with harvest. You know, uh, males, females, who's getting harvested more, where they're getting harvested, things like that. It's one of those things that helps us set the set the hunting season. For the hunter, it's a trophy. Yeah, absolutely. So James, make sure you report those bands. Great job, Jamie. We'll get you back. Like ducks later. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, like geese, I'm sorry. I keep saying that. We'll get you back, Jamie. Better see it. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks, Jamie, for being with us. Now, you can watch this show on tnwildlife.org, tnwildcast.com. You can listen right there. You can download iTunes, watch on YouTube, or out there everywhere. This show is out there and all all the passions. Good time.